Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashams in Johannesburg, South Africa and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we look at Africa's chances at the FIFA Under-17 World Cup in India, with four teams representing the continent. Plus an interview with a young Nigerian goalkeeper, Dele Alampasu, the keeper of the tournament at the 2013 edition of the Under-17 World Cup, and one of few young African keepers to have made it in Europe, currently playing in Portugal. Yeah, for me to win the Under-17 World Cup, it gives me more, like 99% advantage over some other goalkeeper for me to move because the award I've seen me already, they know what I can do. And also perhaps better times ahead for Senegal's Diafra Sacco after a quiet season last season, now getting the winner for West Ham last weekend. Well, lots happening this weekend with the fifth round of the 2018 FIFA World Cup qualifiers on. Nigeria will make it to Russia with a game to spare if they beat Zambia, while Egypt and Tunisia could also qualify this weekend if results go their way. We'll look back at those games on the show next week. Also, the new host nation for the 2018 African Nations Championship, the CHAN. The tournament for locally based players will be named this weekend, with Kenya having had the event taken away. It's Morocco and Equatorial Guinea, the two countries that put in bids to take over, as hosts for the CHAN, which takes place in January and February of next year. And the Under-17 FIFA World Cup gets underway in India, with Africa the most successful continent in the history of the tournament, with Nigeria having won it five times and Ghana twice. Indeed, Nigeria have won the last two editions but didn't qualify this time. Last time around, they beat Mali in an all-African final. Mali have qualified again. Also, Africa will be represented by Ghana, Guinea and Niger. These countries qualified by reaching the semi-finals of the Under-17 Africa Cup of Nations in Gabon earlier this year. So, Solomon, how do you see their chances? You know, looking at the four teams, I think they, they're going to do great. And traditionally, West African teams, countries rather, have been producing great players when it comes to the age group tournaments. And Ghana has been there, done that. They've won a couple of uh, on the 17 championship. And they produce great players through it. You know, remember Odati Lamti. And there's Guinea. Uh, and I hope they're going to spring a surprise because there's always that surprise African team. Uh, under on the 17 World Cup, and I feel Guinea is the one. Uh, Mali is doing well. Mali has qualified several times. Mali, uh, traditionally, they know how to identify young players and put them together. And then there's Niger. Niger is qualifying for the first time in, in its history. Uh, so it's good for Nigerian football. I hope that, you know, in this, uh, you know, four teams, we're we hopefully going to see uh, two or three of the teams uh, in the quarterfinals and hopefully see two of them in the semifinal uh, because I, I really think uh, we, have a, we have a really great chance uh, uh, with these uh, four nations. 
Well, we'll be following the Under-17 FIFA World Cup here on Planet Sport Football Africa. Let's hope for a good showing from the continent. I guess Ghana and Mali would be our main hopes, but I have to say the draw does look fairly tricky. Uh, Ghana are in Group A, along with the hosts India, with Colombia and the USA. Mali in Group B with Paraguay, who I certainly fear. Also there are New Zealand and Turkey. Guinea in Group C with Italy, Germany and Costa Rica. And Niger in a very difficult looking Group D with North Korea, Spain, and Brazil. We'll see how they get on. Well, now to our interview with young Nigerian goalkeeper Dele Alampasu, a player who came to the fore at the 2013 edition of the Under 17 World Cup, which Nigeria won and where he won the Golden Glove for goalkeeper of the tournament. That Nigeria side also included Kelechi Iheanacho, who was the player of the tournament and was signed by Manchester City. Iheanacho now, of course, at Leicester in the English Premier League. Well, 20-year-old Alan Pasu has been in the squad for Nigeria's World Cup qualifiers, though he's been on the bench and hasn't had game time as yet. And after the Under-17 World Cup, Alan Pasu moved to Portugal, where he plays in the top league for CD Ferenc and is the first choice keeper there. He spoke to Planet Sport Football Africa's Oluwashina Okaleji, who first asked how the transition was from Nigeria to Portugal. Oh, for me, it's a big challenge for me to be a goalkeeper in Portugal. It's a bit difficult for African goalkeeper, and especially in Europe, but in Portugal it's more difficult as a young player that's just coming up. To grow in Portugal is a very, very challenge, big challenge and very difficult. But I thank God I've been used to it, cope with everything over there with me. What role does the winning the under-17 play in your career? Because I mean, it's difficult. A goalkeeper like Vincent Yamai was in the Nigerian league for years before he made a move to Israel. And we saw other Nigerian goalkeeper, the route they have to take to get to Europe. Does winning the Under-17 World Cup contribute to you getting that early move to Europe? Yeah, for me to win the Under-17 World Cup, it gives me more like 99% advantage over some other goalkeeper for me to move because the old world have seen me already. They know what I can do. They know my ability, even though the game is not much, just seven games. But then see what I can do, the normal ability, but they just want to develop me more to make me achieve my dream. You are now rolling with the big boys, like they say. You are in the Super Eagles, that's the Nigerian senior national side. Tell me, how does that make you feel knowing soon or someday you could just be in goal for Nigeria? Yeah, for me, I never knew it to become fast to be in the senior national team like this. But by special grace of reality, everything worked as planned for me. But... For me to be in goal is not, I'm not in age to be in goal. So everything is time in life. I have to wait for the right time. For them to call me is an honor to me to be in the camp, learn from my senior. So it will be very difficult for me a day I will be called up that, yes, this is time for you to show you, to showcase what you have. So I think it's a very big privilege for me to be there among them. You see some of the other players that you played with at the under 17, you meet some of them in the Super Eagles as well. What's the relationship like now with all of you knowing you won the under-17, you could get a chance to even play at the World Cup in Russia? Yeah, for me, meet my teammate there is like, it's a dream for us because after the under-17, people keep telling us, hey, you will be the future of Nigeria tomorrow. And going back to Portugal, tell me, as a young goalkeeper, as a young African, how easy or difficult is it living in Europe without your friends, families and everyone? Yeah, it's the, what I choose to do in my life that, yes, I want to play football. So any situation I meet myself, I have to cope with it. 
being alone in Europe, no family, no friends, nothing. It's part of it in life. It's not, I'm not the first person that will face that kind of challenge. So I have to cope with every situation I meet myself. So I've been doing it over two years now. And I thank God any time I see the opportunity to see my family, I was very, very like, like today I see my family. I tell them, hey, before I see you guys again, it will be. And everybody was cool because they know I have to work. If I don't work, it will be very difficult. So it's it's normal thing in life. Do you speak Portuguese? Yeah, now I started understanding little by little because as a goalkeeper, if you don't understand, it will be more difficult for you. You have to communicate with your players, defenders, midfielder. But for a player, it's very easy. Like attacker, you don't need to understand or you don't understand. Once you can give them the, the normal runs they want. But goalkeeper, you need to communicate with your defender. If not, that will be a problem. So I have to try all my possible best to speak by all means. And you have a, a fellow Nigerian in your team, Ogene Karo Etebo, in your team. How important is it having a fellow Nigerian, a super ego as well? Ah, for me to have a colleague in my team is a very big player for me. I see somebody yes, I can speak to. It's not like before I was in the team alone. So things are very difficult for me. But since I have one of a super ego player also in the team, so it's very easy for me. So after training, although we don't live together, but we do roles together. After training, we talk, we go to restaurants together. We just live as a family. So it makes everything easy for both of us there. In all your conversations, you've been talking about God, the, the rule of God in your life. How much of an influence does worshipping, of course, serving God, play in your life as a sportsman? Yeah, for me, I was born in a Christian, Christianity house, like from deeper life, but when I start growing up, I change. So, you know, in life, it's not because they're born in deeper life, you must grow up in deeper life, you must go to every church where you know, yes, you can serve God. Okay, imagine like Portugal now, we don't have the time to go to church, but what everybody believes on is different. I believe on God. I read my Bible every day. I pray to God. God, even though before game, I do the same thing. So I believe on God so much. I don't have any other thing I worship except God. So, and he's been doing a massive, marvelous thing in my life. So I so much love him. So because it's like anything I ask him, God, I want this, I want this. If I keep praying on you, and it's going to be happening. So I don't believe on anything else except God. What are your favorite lines in the Bible? Some will say the Lord is my shepherd. Some will say... Um, without God, there is no me. Nothing is impossible. Uh, it's true, but God is my shelter. I shall not want. You understand? So each time I finish my prayer, I read that and I go to bed. And it gives me a lot of confidence before I go to bed. And I'm cool. That's 20-year-old Dele Alampasu of Nigeria on his football and his faith as a follower of Jesus Christ. Well, Solomon, interesting to hear how he made it to Europe. And he says it wasn't easy. Well, Steve, I believe it's uh, never easy for an African goalkeeper to go up to Europe uh, to really uh, make it. You know, for some reason, Africa produces great infield players, you know, uh, midfielders, strikers, um, defenders especially too. Uh, But goalkeepers uh, over the years has been really uh, shortcoming from African uh, nations uh, feeding European clubs. But Dele has done quite well for himself. And now he's first choice goalkeeper. It's always not going to be easy uh, because European academies and European clubs somehow produce uh, great goalkeepers over the years. So for an African young goalkeeper uh, to go into Europe and make it, you know, it's quite a a challenge. And I'm sure that's what uh, wasn't easy for him. 
over the years, there's been a few African goalkeepers like uh, Thomas Nkono, uh, Vincent Nyema, uh, who have gone up to Europe. But most of them went to Europe at the very late age. You know, somehow they got into Europe in their in their twenties, in their late twenties, mid twenties, when they're already mature and have already grown and developed and played for their nation several times. Uh, but this is a young lad who hasn't even played for Nigeria yet. But for him to be able to get this opportunity and go out there and um, knowing that it's not going to be easy, the culture, uh, the game, uh, the training, the techniques and uh, the language and, and also understanding the, the, the different strategies uh, for, for a team, the culture around the team. You know, he is there and so far so good for him. I think he definitely represents the future of Nigerian goalkeeping. Yeah, sure, no doubt. And there are one or two other young African goalkeepers in Europe worth noting. We have Ondoa, uh, who is playing in Spain. He's a first-choice goalkeeper for Cameroon, you know, helped Cameroon to uh, win the AFCON tournament. And then there's his cousin, who is uh, uh, playing for Ajax uh, Amsterdam. You know, he led Ajax to uh, the final of the Europa League, and, and he's doing so well also. And there's also Kofi. Kofi, who is the Burkina Bay goalkeeper, he used to play for Asak Mimosas. Now he moved and he's playing for Lille in in France, uh, where he displays another African uh, Nigerian, Vincent Nyema. Yes, amazing that there are two Cameroonian goalkeeping cousins there in Europe representing Africa. That's Fabrice Ondoa and cousin Andre Onana, who's 21 and is Ajax's first choice keeper. Ondoa is also 21, but not getting first-team football with Sevilla in Spain. Also worth noting, and much older, is Carl Ikeme of Wolverhampton Wanderers in the English Championship, and uh, he's been in the Nigeria national team. Uh, Sadly, Ikeme is currently battling acute leukaemia. And in the English League 2, Wickham have just signed Congolese goalkeeper Eve McHallambay. Thanks a lot, Solomon. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And you can download our app and listen to the show anytime. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Once you've downloaded, you can listen to the show anytime on the app and access past programmes too in our archive. Also, you can listen to the show on our website, planetsportfootballafrica.com, and our Twitter handle is at planetsportfa. And now we turn to social media, and with Africans Sadio Mane, Mohamed Salah and Joel Matip in their team, Liverpool are playing exciting football and scoring goals, but many feel that they are weak defensively. Well, they're back in the UEFA Champions League this season, but after a 1-1 draw away to Spartak Moscow last week, they have just two points from two games. So we asked, how far do you think the Reds can go in the Champions League this season? On Facebook, Itoro Udo in Nigeria doesn't think they'll go far at all. Itoro predicts they'll meet Arsenal in the Europa League, Uh, but then again Itoro is speaking as a Manchester United fan, so perhaps his view isn't that surprising. Uh, The third-place teams in the Champions League groups do drop down to the Europa League. On WhatsApp, Moses in the Gambia says Liverpool are not playing well in the Champions League. I think they'll be knocked out in the round of 16. Speaking as a Man United fan, says Moses. Sana Balde, also in the Gambia, agrees, saying the Reds have a good side, but they've lost the UEFA Champions League days, says Sana. 
Although they've been winning in the domestic league, I don't see them getting past the round of 16. Well, not surprisingly, Liverpool fans themselves are more optimistic. Abdul Kadri Turai in the Gambia says, Don't worry, this is Liverpool. We've made a slow start, but hopefully things will be OK as time goes on. And uh, Alpha Jallo also in the Gambia agrees, saying, I think if they put in some more effort, they can surely make it to the quarterfinals, says Alpha. After all, drawing their two games so far, they are still in second position in their group. But Rex Rosé Cargbo in Sierra Leone thinks it'll be a disappointing campaign for the Reds. They will exit soonest, says Rex. And that's a point echoed by Burang Sane in the Gambia, who says with their weak defence, I think they'll join the Europa League competition in February, says Burang. We always welcome your voice notes on WhatsApp. Here's Mahari Cham, a Liverpool fan in the Gambia. This issue of Liverpool defence make me, as a Liverpool fan, feel worried. Because if you score goals, yes, and you concede goals back, that doesn't tell well. And our club needs to work on that. He's defensive. He really needs to work on that. I tend to ask myself, why Oxley? Why did you buy Oxley? Go for a defender. This makes me sometimes tend to wonder of his defensive capabilities. It's very rare to Liverpool to win with a clean sheet. So if you really want to go far in its Champions League, club needs to strengthen his defence, really. Well, some passionate views there from Mahari Cham. Also in the Gambia, here's Almari Fofana, who supports Manchester United. As for me, I hope that um, Liverpool can go far as the maybe the quarter-final because sometimes some teams they start slowly at the end. As times go on, they will change their way of playing. As a United fan, I want United to win this trophy. And I want United to meet with the British team in the final so that they will know that we are back in the top of Champions League like those days when Salex was in United. Well, thanks for that, Mahari. And Donald in Cameroon offers a little more hope but still thinks that Jurgen Klopp's team will struggle in the Champions League this year. Actually, I don't think the Reds have a good defence that can protect them, says Donald. They might finish second in the qualifying group, but I don't think they'll have much to offer this season. Fode and Gie in the Gambia agree, saying the Reds won't go very far. You can't win with a poor defence because just as goals win you matches, your defence wins you titles, says Ngie. This is one area that Liverpool have failed to fix, not only under Klopp, but previously under Brendan Rodgers too. They might not even make it to the second round and reaching the quarterfinals will be an achievement for this team. But Mohamed Krubali, also in the Gambia, couldn't disagree more. Mohamed says they'll go all the way to the final. I remember in 2005 we also struggled, but that year we ended up as the champions. We were not on top at the group stage. It was Monaco on top and then Liverpool in second place. Then things started as we unpredictably overcame Juventus and Chelsea and then AC Milan to be the champions. I'm happy here about Liverpool, says Mohamed. To Nigeria and Obina says they don't have the depth to go far in the Champions League. I think the knockout stage would be their best bet this season. Musa K. Turai in the Gambia is a worried Liverpool fan, saying Liverpool definitely need to sign defenders in order to achieve our dreams because all the other big guns can score and defend as well. So my hopes are very slim on progressing past the round of 16 with this team, says Musa. 
Robertson is in Cameroon. Well, Liverpool look way too shaky right now, says Robertson. It seems that they have a goal drought in the Champions League, and that's bad. But it seems their last group stage game will be the decider, since there's not much of a gap between them and the group leaders, Sevilla. If they try and compromise, I think they will survive the group stage, says Robertson. Well, good point there, Robertson, but that last group stage game you mentioned is a way too severe. So Liverpool will have a tough task to finish top of that group. That's a point picked up by Sana Jaune in the Gambia, who says, To me, they will make it to the round of 16, but will finish second in the group behind Sevilla, says Sana. And any strong team they meet in the round of 16 will knock them out due to their poor defence. And finally, Paul Bello in Malawi says, I don't think the Reds will go very far this season. They don't have the quality to withstand the pressure. Well, thanks for that, Paul, and thanks for all of those views and all of those interesting differences of opinion. Well, this week on What's Happened on Facebook, we're asking which African team will go furthest at the Under-17 World Cup. We have Ghana, Guinea, Mali and Niger there. Which team will do the best for Africa? Go on to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Will it be another good under seventeen World Cup for Africa? And which team will go the furthest? Well, now let's go to our European football expert, Stuart Weir in the UK. No English Premier League action this weekend as it's an international weekend with the World Cup qualifiers. So let's assess the race in the Premier League. Uh, many of the coaches saying it's early days. Uh, but Stuart, I thought that Manchester City's win away to Chelsea last weekend was a very strong statement. Well, not only did they win at Chelsea, Steve, but Manchester City dominated possession in a way that really doesn't often happen to Chelsea. And, of course, they've scored 22 goals in seven games. So they're not just winning, they're winning well. And after a bit of a stop-start year last season, uh, Guardiola seems to have them playing, I was going to say, like Barcelona. And, of course, possession was what the Barcelona game was, was built on. And uh, yes, I think they do look strong. Just a quick comment on the Chelsea game. Yaya Torre was on the bench, an unused substitute. He hasn't made it into the team this season for any of the uh, league or Champions League games. And interestingly, Victor Moses also sat on the Chelsea bench for 90 minutes unused. But looking at the league table, it's obviously two Manchester clubs out on their own, both scoring freely. And I think those two are definitely going to be the teams to beat. Yes, I agree. And uh, several Africans on the score sheet last weekend. Diafra Sacco of Senegal scoring the only goal as West Ham beat Swansea 1-0. Now, Sacco was one of the top Africans in England uh, three seasons back, but had rather dropped off the radar. Well, yeah, I mean, if you go back to 2014-15, he scored 10 goals for West Ham. Then the following year, five. But last season... Well, he only got two starts and only one goal. And of course, he hasn't had a start this year, having come off the bench six times. But really, he's coming off the bench normally, quite late in the game, getting 20 minutes, nine minutes, nine minutes. And I mean, even at the weekend against Swansea, he only got 13 minutes and, of course, scored in stoppage time. Another comment I'd like to make on that game is that Wilfred Bunny started and had a shot on target, but then was taken off at half-time. And interestingly, Tony Cascarino, 
the former Chelsea and Ireland player, made some quite scathing comments about him. He said, you know, Tammy Abraham, who is on loan from Chelsea and partnered Wilfred Bunny for Swansea against West Ham, might have felt at times he was playing alongside his dad because Bunny looks so far from his old form and I'm not sure if he'll ever get it back. He looked lazy and uninterested. He only had 13 touches in the whole game, none of them inside the box and was taken off at half-time. And really the only reason he got the move to Swansea was based on his past success at the club. And 18 months sitting on the bench at Manchester City, or on loan at Stoke, his career just seems to have stalled, and it'll be an effort for him to get it back. Really quite scathing comments there by Cascarino. Ouch, yes. And Stuart Alex Iwobi scored for Arsenal in their win over Brighton. Will the Nigerian have a big role at the Gunners this season? Well, he was quite influential last season, starting 18 games and coming off the bench eight times. But because the problem he's got at Arsenal is that he's competing for a place with the likes of Theo Walcott and Mesut Ozil. And, you know, that's always going to be difficult. Interestingly, after the game, Arsene Wenger made a comment about him. He said, I think Iwobi needs to score 10 goals in the season and perhaps have between six and ten assists. That's what I'm looking for. He's the kind of player who has great ability, creates space, but what I want from him is the final ball and goals. So there's an interesting target that he's been set by Arsene Wenger, but of course he might say, if you want me to score ten goals and create another ten, you've got to pick me for the team. Well, yes, that uh, does make sense. And uh, Senegal's Mam Biriam Juf scoring for Stoke. Yeah, he's been starting uh, most of their games this season and, as you say, good to see him getting a goal and a Stoke victory over West Brom. Now, a couple of other things in that game caught my eye. First of all, Peter Crouch scored the winning goal coming off the bench and this is the 14th time that Crouch has come off the bench in the Premier League and scored but he's well behind Defoe, uh, now with Bournemouth, who has done it 26 times. West Brom striker Berahino missed a penalty, and that's the third penalty in a row that he's missed. And he's having a really torrid time, a Stoke player who used to play for West Brom, and he's now gone 1,908 minutes of Premier League action since he last scored. Oh dear, terrible record for Saido Berahino. And I'm sure a few other things have caught your eye there, Stuart. Well, I think, first of all, we need to say congratulations to Arsene Wenger, who's just completed 21 years at Arsenal. And when Arsenal beat Brighton, this was the 45th different Premier League opposition that Arsene Wenger's team had beaten. And that's one more than Alex Ferguson, who only managed 44. Harry Kane got two goals for Tottenham at the weekend. Now, Harry Kane failed to score in the month of August and has now scored 13 goals in September, either for Tottenham or for England. A remarkable turnaround. And now, what about Ricarlison, who scored for Watford in the 95th minute? And that's the second week running that he scored after 90 minutes had been completed. Romelu Lukaku scored for Manchester United as they beat Crystal Palace, and he has now scored in nine of his first 10 games for Manchester United. And the last person to do that, Steve, 
to score in nine of the first ten games was John Brodie for Wolves, and that was in 1889. And I suppose we could say that Lukaku has scored in nine of his last ten games, and Crystal Palace have not scored, I think, in any of theirs. Burnley started September with a 1-0 win over a Dutch manager, Frank de Boer at Crystal Palace, and they ended September with a 1-0 win over a Dutch manager, Ronald Koeleman, at Everton. Now, de Boer was fired after that defeat. Do you think Ronald Koeman needs to be careful? Now, Steve, we've talked occasionally about the numbers that players wear in their back. Now, I was watching the Limassol team playing in the Europa League, and they had players wearing number 77, 83, 88, 92, 95, and 98. And I actually looked up their squad numbers, and of 1 to 11, they only actually have players with five of those. They don't have anybody, number 2, 3, 4, 7. So I really just don't get this. Why do you need a player... 95, 98, 88. Perhaps somebody out there knows the answer to that one. (laughs) Well, that's very strange indeed. And that team Limassol from Cyprus. Well, that's it for the show for this week. But on Facebook and WhatsApp, we're asking which African team will go furthest at the Under-17 World Cup in India. It is Ghana, Guinea, Mali and Niger representing the continent this time. So which team will go furthest for Africa? You can go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. From me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Solomon Ashoms in South Africa, and Stuart Weir in the UK. Thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.